Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is Podcast 247. We're continuing today to talk about the Office of Leadership in the local assembly. I began last evening to talk about the role of the elder. The word elder is the most used word to describe the office that in America we call the pastorate. Most churches will call the lead elder pastor, brother so-and-so, but it has reference to the office of pastor. The term pastor is used in America, but again, in the West, but it is primarily the role of an elder. And uh, there were a plurality of elders in churches of any size in the New Testament. And those were appointed by the Apostle Paul and those who worked with him. When, for instance, Titus went to Crete, the Apostle Paul said to him, I want you to appoint elders. It wasn't something that was voted on or anything like that because these seasoned men chose who were going to lead. So that's exactly how it was done in the New Testament. So this office of an elder speaks of leadership. That's what the elders did in the Tanakh in the Older Testament. They were leaders. They were seasoned, wise men who could make decisions. Again, as I said in the last podcast, just to reiterate, what we need to do is just get back to what the Bible says to do and the pattern that is laid out. You see, what we're doing today is just the opposite in leadership of what the Bible tells us to do. For instance, it was to be the seasoned men who led the nation of Israel. It was to be the seasoned men, and it was the seasoned men who led the early church. And it was those men who were making decisions. Yes, there was a plurality of elders, but if you look at James in Acts chapter 15, you'll see when all of the apostles and all of the leaders came together in Jerusalem for what is known as the Jerusalem Council, when Paul and Peter and all of the people who came in leadership, those who were perceived to be pillars in the church, Paul said, when they had given their best arguments, then James, the Lord's half-brother, then made a decision and said, here's what we're going to do. What that says is that there was the role of the lead elder. Even among elders, there was a lead elder. So this is the way it is and should be in churches. When we talk about an elder, we're talking about someone who's seasoned. I have worked with so many churches now, and I've dealt with pulpit committees over the years. And the way most pulpit committees, sad to say, are gathered together today, it's somewhat of a popularity contest. When a pastor leaves a church in most Southern Baptist churches or Baptist churches, what they do is they vote on a pulpit committee or a pastor search committee. It seems like they have to have an older man, then they've got to have a woman on there or two. They've got to have a millennial on there because only millennials, they think, know how to reach millennials. All of this is absurd. Quite honestly, what we are doing in the church of Jesus is backwards. What we're doing is we're going to the young men and the young women and saying, how do we build a church? Well, quite honestly, many of 
of the men and women that were going to in the 20 and 30 range, they've never built anything. Quite honestly, I'm sorry. Now, some of you in that age range may argue with me, may get upset with me, may get mad at me, but I'm just telling you, you've not lived long enough to build a whole lot. And every now and then you'll see a meteor in the night that'll flash through, that'll be a Charles Spurgeon or someone, but primarily you had not lived long enough to have that kind of responsibility to call the man of God who's going to be leading a church because you don't know well enough. And sometimes uh, churches will even put a teenager because they say, we, we need to have a youth on there and the youth need to like him. Look, the youth don't need to like a pastor. What they need to do is obey their parents and their parents need to get them to church so that they'll hear the word of God. They'll learn to like the pastor. I've had great relationships with students, with children, with millennials, with 20s, 30s, 40s. And the reason was they love the preaching of the word of God. It doesn't have to be my winning personality that wins them. Now you need to love people, but if you love people and you'll speak to people and be friendly to people and care for people, they will care for you. But the main thing they need more than any of that is they need the teaching of the Word of God. So the elder needs to be chosen by elders. It needs to be chosen by seasoned people. We think we have to, many times as conservatives, as evangelicals, we decry all of this uh, affirmative action and all of this sectionalism where we have a token this, a token that at every level. This is insane. What we need to do is get the best, most godly people praying and searching for the man of God. If you're going to have a search committee, It doesn't matter what color they are. It doesn't matter. Get your most godly people, your seniors who have lived life long enough to see how a charlatan does and how he doesn't, and let those people choose the pastor, and you're going to be a lot better off unless there is a group of elders, which is the best, go find a pastor, bring them in. That's the best way to do it. Now, that's uh, you can disagree with me, and that's okay, but I am through in my life, and of course that means I'm probably through after what I am about to say, that I'm not going to be dealing with with a pastor search committee that is going to have a child or a teenager or a certain representation from every aspect of the church. And some of those people may not even be saved. They just needed to get someone of that category. And so this is just one reason why we're in the mess that we're in. And we're not following a biblical pattern. Elders need to choose elders. That is, the seasoned godly men need to go out and find someone to lead the church because it's going to be seasoned godly men who are going to lead the church. And if the younger men and the younger women don't like them, then they can voice that. But it needs to be someone who is vetted, someone who is seasoned in the Word of God, and this is how they need to be chosen. And that's the way it was done in the Bible. They were chosen by other elders. And uh, we just don't like that because we want everybody to have their say. We want everybody to have their vote. We want everybody to like everybody. Well, it's just not going to happen in any realm because everybody's not going to like everybody. And if they do like you to begin with, they won't like you if you start preaching the word because you'll offend a lot of people because now we don't like the solid teaching and preaching of the word of God, especially if it's done with passion 
passion because somebody will get upset that's been in power before and there's going to be trouble. But the elders were the seasoned men of the church, seasoned men, not seasoned women. They were seasoned men who were to lead the church. That's the elder. And you'll see in the book of Acts, for instance, chapter 20, when Paul met the elders at Miletus, it says in Acts chapter 20 and verse 17, from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called for the elders of the church. Now that's the presbyteroi. It's the presbyteros. It's the elders. Now those same people, when you turn the page and go just a few verses, Paul is talking to them. And in verse 28 of chapter 20 of Acts, he says, therefore take heed to yourselves. Who's he talking to? He's talking to the presbyteroi, to the elders, and to the flock among whom the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. That's the second word. It's the word episkopos, episkopos. Epi is a preposition upon or over. It's an intensifier, really, in most cases. And then scopos, the word for scope, something you look through, you have on top of your rifle, uh, you have a scope, you have a telescope, which sees things way out from the end and brings it to you. Then you have the microscope, the microscope, which looks at very small things. This is the idea of scope, is to look and to see. And so an episcopos, an episcopos, is an overseer. Now, you know that word, episcopalian. The reason is they have a church government like the word presbytery or presbyterian has elder-led churches. Well, the Episcopalians have overseerships, and they're called bishops many times. And that's how it's translated in the English versions, especially the King James Version. Most of the time, this word is translated translated bishop. And we have made these different classes, but these words are used interchangeably. And you can see that the elders are told to be overseers. That's the word there, episkopos. And then they are to poimano, they are to shepherd. That's the word for pastor that's translated pastor. They are to pastor the church of God. They are to shepherd. Usually the word Poimano is used in its verb form, not its noun form, uh, because it's built around the concept of what they do. And I'll talk more about that in another podcast. But I want you to understand this second word here that is used for this office. Uh, This is what's used in Paul's letter to Timothy when he said, if any man desires the office of an overseer, of a bishop, of an episcopos, well, we call that the office of a pastor, the office of an elder because these words are used interchangeably. Now, lest you think I just made that up or picked out that one text, when you look at 1 Peter chapter 5, I think Peter knows what he's talking about. He was right in the midst of this. He is called an elder. He's called an apostle. So the apostle Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 5, the elders, the presbyteroi, that is the presbyterian, the presbyteros, the elder, here it's plural, the elders who are among you, I exhort, and look at what he says, I who am a fellow elder, I who am a fellow 
elder. In other words, even though he was an apostle, he was an elder. He was a leader in the church and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. Peter not only saw his glory before he was crucified and rose again, but he saw his glory on the Mount of Transfiguration. He saw him glorified. And then he saw him, of course, after his resurrection when he had his glorified body. Here he says, shepherd the flock of God. Here is that word, poimano. It's the word for pastoring or shepherding or doing the work of leading a flock. And so he says, shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as episkopoi as episkopos, as overseers. You see, the elders are to be the overseers and the one who shepherds the flock. Now, the word overseer is a general word for oversight of all things. This is why I've said over and over again to churches and to church staffs that I've worked with where I have served as a leader and where I've gone in to help a staff jail together and work together and to become a better staff together, part of that is understanding their responsibility. And that lead elder is the overseer of everything. And the elders are the overseers of everything. In a church of any size, there should be an elder that's in charge of this, a charge of that, that doesn't mean that the other gifted people don't work, but there should be someone overseeing that who then the elders together, they come back together, they report to one another, they pray for one another, they help one another work through things. But this is the way a well-organized church works, is you have senior men, wise men, men who have dignity and godliness and wisdom. They are leading the church and they're leading in the different areas of finance, of personnel, of of where the money's going to go for missions endeavors, all of those things. That should be the leading men of the church. The women have a role in the church. The children have a role in the church. The uh, students have a role in the church, but they do not have this primary role of leadership because that is for the oversight of godly men. This is the way it is continually in the scriptures. And our culture, just because our culture has gone crazy, doesn't mean the church of Jesus should. And so you have the word elder that we talked about in an earlier podcast. That is the word that speaks of leadership, of wisdom, of age, of being a sage and someone who is wise and leading the church. The word episkopos has to do with oversight. And that means in the praise and worship. The worship pastor is the person who is given oversight of a leading of the praise and the music and the worship, not just for a praise team, not just for a Hallel team, not just for a choir, but to see that these great principles of praise are taught to the students and to the children and to the families and to the moms and dads so they can teach their children because this is the way the church of Jesus functions. And so you have already two words that we have looked at. You have the word presbyteros, elder, and the word episkopos, which is the word for overseer. And they speak of the same office It is the role of the pastor, of the elder, of the overseer. Same office, different functions. The next podcast, we're going to look at this idea of shepherding, how it is abused and used, and how it is uh, presented in the scriptures. So for On the Way, this is Tony Crisp. 
Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.